and welcome to Try Not The Pod. I'm Leah. And I'm Mia. And today we're talking about... Before we jump into what we're going to talk about today, how are you, Mia? I am good. I'm good, I'm good. This is what, episode two of, of the new year. And I'm feeling pretty positive. I'm going to say that it's from our tarot reading that gave me a lot of boost in life. And I still feel uh, I still feel positive with what's what's to come in my life. And therefore, everything of 2022 is uh, is looking shiny and great. What about you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm having quite the busy start to the year work wise. So I feel like I'm not quite as positive as you are. Um, all good in my world, but just feel a bit tired and like in need of a break like genuinely I feel like I need a couple of days off to just like recharge my batteries and yeah I don't know so apart from that I'm on top form but I am feeling a little bit sort of you know a bit tired for January you know and we we survived like what is it Blue Monday that was this week so that is like um apparently the most depressing day of the year did you know that? Yes, I did know it. Um, yeah, yeah, we um, recognised it at work. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known, but I'd completely forgotten that we were recognising it. And I woke up that day and was like, my God, the sun is shining. I feel great. And then it it reminded me that actually, no, today is statistically the most depressing day of the year. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you didn't feel blue on Monday, but equally not so happy that you're not feeling all the joys of life. It's 2022, man. I just feel like we've got another. It's, I think it's just all this COVID bullshit. If I'm honest, I just you can't get away from it. Like every time you join a call, everyone's like, "Oh, oh Thursday's got COVID," or you know, "Oh yeah, well, this is happening because of COVID," or "Oh, how are you feeling about this because of COVID?" And I'm just like, I just I'm done with it now. I'm really I'm really fucking over it, and I completely understand that. You know, it's been a lot of shitter for a lot of people. I just want to see my family. I just want to be able to like do normal things and I'm just yeah I think I think everyone's probably feeling it but maybe that's why I'm just like oh, I really want this year to be different normal. But you know what's really interesting so bearing in mind we are still working from home right and actually for you when you're not up in London in the office or abroad in one of your abroad offices like you have always worked from home for the last few years anyway regardless I think but yeah Bearing in mind, you know, everyone in the UK is meant to be working from home. I looked out the window this morning. The high street that I live on could not have been busier at 8.30am. And I was like, where the fuck are all these people going? Because pre-Christmas, the roads were dead. And we're still Mm. working from home. But the roads are fucking packed. You've got everyone on their walk to work, everyone in their cars to work. Like, it's mad. So I don't know if I'm the mm. only one following the rules, but um, I feel you. I am kind of over it. I'm looking forward to going back into my office. I'm really looking forward to going back into my office. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'm so going to travel. I'm going to one of our abroad uh, offices, as you called it, uh, the first week of February. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it because I get to see people that I really like and I get to spend some time with people that, you know, um, bring me joy and stuff. So that's really cool. But it's like, I'm not looking forward to all the travel because it's just all bollocks, isn't it? And you've got to have all these fucking bits of paper and, I don't know, apps for this and apps for that and proof of this and proof of that and getting into Romania last time I had to queue up and get some piece of paper stamped and then they gave me something to stick in my passport and it was just like it just went on and on and now we're not in the EU like coming back not this is like a Brexit bashing but bloody hell I had to queue for like I don't know two hours at the airport because they'd repurposed the e-passport gates for EU citizens not including UK so I had to queue and I was just like this is a joke like what a load of bollocks. So yeah, I was just, I was just bollocks and I, I just can't bother with it. I just think it's going to be, I've, COVID's just adding a layer of complexity onto things that I already don't enjoy. Like I don't enjoy airports, they piss me off at the best of times. So airports with COVID, just, you know, extra shit. But anyway, there we are. You can see I'm in quite a negative mood. Oh. Maybe this, um, I know, maybe this uh, conversation we're going to have today will actually cheer me up a little bit because today we're going to talk about DNA testing. So for the purposes of this podcast, we'll be talking about it um, in terms of understanding our heritage and a little bit about where we come from genetically. Um, you know what made me back. chuckle? And, and this what? is just on the um, on the basis of any kind of 
testing that we do via some kind of a sample and send off is this has definitely become a theme of the podcast and if it's not doing some kind of test to see a food intolerance it's doing a test for you to check if your hormones are okay so everything about doing this podcast has become a test (laughs) yeah I love that you're sticking to the theme yeah well to be honest with you, the last one I did, and I'm not kidding, that the one that I did after the bloody tarot lady told me I've got something wrong with my thyroid, it was a finger prick test, right? So they, they send it out in the post. There's like a little a little vial that you've got to fill. And there is, um, I took pictures of it, but I was like, I'm not going to post this. I'll, I will put it on the Patreon along with the absolute destruction of my fingers. But because they gave you these little things that you just push into your finger and it just, you know, jabs your finger, causes it to bleed. And then you just... I needed to fill up a vial that was like, I don't remember the actual measurement, but it was so much blood. And they were like, make sure you're standing up and like you've really like got the blood for your body. I had to do use three of the things to prick my fingers and I had to squeeze my fingers like all the way from my hand, squeeze them down to my fingers to like get the blood out, get the blood out, get the blood out. It took me about 45 minutes and my the fingers went purple with the like bruising that happened around this it's a fucking nightmare and then they sent it back and they were like everything is totally and utterly perfect and I was just like you know what I have got to stop listening to these fucking nutbags tell me that there's something fucking medically wrong with me because I am fine Jesus isn't it weird though that two psychic people I mean I don't know if the the hypnosis lady was psychic there was nothing psychic about her but no, why is it people that we've gone to to speak to about things? I feel like, and this is probably really unkind. But I feel like it's a really, it's a real dick move because both of these people were wrong, right? So this is mm. based based on the fact that they're wrong. This means that they are, you know, evidently not skilled at knowing when people have medical problems on both occasions. So if you're not skilled at it or 100% certain that what you're saying is accurate, you really shouldn't be, like, shitting people out just by going, oh, I think you might be fucking whatever. Like, it feels like a real dick move. Like, I could do it. I could start, like, sitting at people, sitting the opposite people on the train and saying, um, I have a really strong feeling that you've got an underactive thyroid. Have you thought about getting that tested? Or, like, you know what I mean? It's like the putting that seed of worry in someone's head when you're just, pulling out of thin air because that's what it feels like i'm really really aggravates me but you know such is life and anyway um i love spending my money on pointless fucking home testing kits so this one's not actually pointless though so this one should give us some really really good insight so um essentially we should get back results which tell us about our family um for generations and uh, people use them for all sorts of reasons i think it can help with your genealogy and like test the tracking and i think there are some services where you can and some testing where you can actually your results can stay on a database and people have found like long lost relatives and stuff or like parents like really weird things have happened um we'll talk about some of those later but what was your like initial thoughts on this one when we said we were going to do it I mean, probably the same as it is with a lot of ones where I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. We'll see what happens. Um, My parents did one. I have no idea why my mum ordered it for herself and my dad. I couldn't tell you why. I've got no idea. I know that she did it. And because I know their results, I'm kind of like, well, I, well, actually, this is interesting, isn't it? Um, I kind of... Mm know what I think I'm going to expect and so therefore now if I don't get those fuck that is mm. going to be scary and weird yeah I hadn't read really and also in my head I was just like well I know what well I think that they're all some of them are quite different so there's some of them give you a lot more detail than others so I don't know which one they did but um some of them will give you just a very high level like percentage of ancestry and some yeah, of I them think will that's give you, what like, it was to be fair it was okay. percentage of ancestry, and they both had very high percentages of where they're actually from. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I feel like it will be really interesting. Because... So you've never had any indication of what your ancestry is. Well, my dad did one. We bought it for him. Right. You were saying, um, yeah. And he did it. And he, um, 
he got like a really kind of I don't want to say basic bitch profile, but his was like basically British. <laughs> like it was like British with like European ancestry. Like it was really like, and I think it like told him that generations of people had lived in this area. Like it was really kind of not like exciting at all, but I'm still interested to get the results because again, it was a very high level one. And I think they have evolved slightly um, over the years. They've actually become a lot more in depth and there's a lot more information available. So I don't know when your parents did theirs, if it was like recently or. Oh, it, no, I think, no. I, I think years it ago. was a big thing, maybe like four or five years ago. So I sent you a video um, yes. to watch like in advance of this. And it was a, and it was actually a very, very, very clever uh, ad campaign from a company called Momondo um they actually sell travel they sell like flights and I didn't um, actually look into what they were because I realized they're not obviously a testing company but I was like that's weird why have they done this I loved I loved the video it really gave me um goosebumps and made my eyes well a little bit yeah it made me pull my eyes out so uh, for those of you who haven't seen it we will put the link in this episode and please do go and watch it because it's like five minutes and it's basically what they did was they took all these people and they asked them to do a dna discovery journey um and at the time it was like really no one was doing this like it was like um paternity testing you know like jerry springer and those like really terrible yeah so i think that's what people thought about when you mentioned dna testing but i think mamondo and i may be wrong about this but in my mind this is how it was when they did this campaign um, and they got all these people and they, they basically said, hey, come on, let's go on this DNA journey. And they they did this DNA testing and they showed them their like percentage genetic makeup and they talked to them about their heritage points. It was like, like a massive thing at the time. It was like, wow, can we do this? And they'd like partnered with a, um, like a testing company who basically sold the packages and they made it really accessible. So I think then people like went for it big time. Um, and nowadays you can get all kinds of things. You can get testing kits for some of them are, are way, way more advanced. They do like not only your ancestry, but they talk about traits. Um, and all oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can pay up to about £150. Um, you can pay a lot more for some of them. But, so um, I feel like, I feel like the one my parents did, I remember being like gobsmacked at how much my mum would spend on it. So yeah. definitely like an expensive one. But fundamentally, the answers, or maybe it was just the answers she'd shared, were kind yeah. of like, oh, you are this percentage from here and this percentage from there. Maybe it had more stuff and I either didn't pay attention or or because it was that many years ago, the testing was much more expensive. Yeah, and I think and I think the information he got back was more basic. And also, like with my dad, he didn't actually give me the results. He just gave me the cliff notes. So it's not like I have them or I can recall them or I can tell you the percentages. So... It, some of those things are like a bit weird but why I think for me it's really interesting is because my family is like new and I say that in terms of on my dad's side his parents didn't know their parents so I'm not entirely sure on like the history so if my family are listening some of them do they're probably like this is not true but um, it is true but I'm not sure like how much of it is bang on but I'm pretty sure that my granddad didn't know either of his parents um and my my nan d- knew her mum but I don't think she knew who her father was oh, for interesting. sure interesting so that both, had... both of them yeah didn't. and there's something very odd about my surname as well so like my surname may have been created by my granddad like when he signed up to go into the navy so my dad told me that he took my granddad to um he took my granddad to the place where you actually change your name by like deed poll whatever it is not that long before he died to officially put baker as his name on his whatever even though he'd given that name to his children and obviously we have that name too, but um, I don't think that was his like real name. I think it's the name he chose for himself. Oh, interesting. So wait, your dad had to change his own surname by Deepol? No, my granddad's. So my dad took my, sorry, it's really confusing. 
my dad told me the story that before my granddad died, he asked my dad to take him to the place where you register your names at birth, whatever that is. The is it like the I don't know what it's called, yeah, whatever, wherever to officially put his name down as Baker. Um, because what was really sad. I don't know because my apparently it's it's one of these things where you know there are points in your life maybe you don't have this but if I could rewind time and replay the conversation and maybe I could ask like my uncle or someone else but I know this was a conversation between my dad and my granddad both of who have like are no longer living so I can't just like ring him and be like hey dad what was that whole thing that you told me about granddad and his surname and yeah probably other people in my family do know but I I don't really want to like just suddenly be like, "Hey, can you tell me about Granddad's surname or our surname?" Like, probably I should. Anyway, but wait, wait, wait. And sorry, maybe this is me asking too many questions, but this is fascinating me. So, when your dad and his siblings were born, they yes. had the surname Baker, but because his dad had just decided that that's what their surname was going to be. Yeah, so I don't, the way I understand it, and again, this may not be 100% true, but the way I understand it is nowadays you can't do any of that shit, right? When we took, when we went to register Ted, we had to take all of the paperwork, like that proved that me and Ellie were married, partly because we're same sex couple and we both wanted to be parents, but whatever. We had to have proof of our names, our passports, and then we chose his name, right? So his surname is our surname but you can give the child any surname you want right we could have called him just baker or just taylor or just i don't know maybe we could maybe we could have called him something else entirely i don't know when my granddad was younger and he signed up for the navy he essentially signed up with the name michael baker which is also my dad's name so that makes things even more confusing but that may well not have been his name. That's my point. He chose Baker for himself. And he signed up to the Navy, I believe. And again, this may not be true, but he was under age when he signed up. Yeah, which so, I can believe, because I think in that generation, a lot of people probably did. Yeah. But so in so he case, went by a different first name and surname before he signed up to the Navy, or just it was the surname that he... I think just the surname. I think his name is so, always... Then before he died... Surely all of his paperwork from when he'd signed up to the Navy until when he yeah. died was then in the name yeah. of Michael Baker. Exactly true, right? I, I don't know if he's Mike. I assume he's Michael. Everyone called him Mick, I believe. But yeah, Michael. The point is, though, officially, like honestly, on a birth certificate somewhere for him, his birth... Name. Exactly, maybe. So this is why he, he felt... From the conversation I have with my dad, and like I say, I can't remember it verbatim and I'm really angry about it, but... My dad told me this was really important to my granddad and it was quite near. He didn't die. Like he died fairly suddenly is my, my, um, as I understand it, it wasn't like he was like very sick or anything. So it wasn't, um, like a death dying wish of his, but he quite close to the time that he died. My dad said that he'd asked him to do this thing and take him there in the car. My, my dad told me he had to take him there in the car. So, yeah, I don't know what his surname was. Again, maybe someone in my family does, but the, I guess the point is, it's like for me, that's always been an immense sense of like pride that this name mattered to him. He chose it and, and it makes it so special because it it's just like something that he selected for our family. It sounds so weird, but that's how I've always felt about it. So when I was getting married, I was like, oh, I'm not losing my baker. Like, I'm perfectly happy to take your name. Like, it's not a problem. I've got no, like, feminist wacko angle on it. But I am not losing my baker because it's it was chosen for me. It was chosen for, you know, and so that's why. So, for, so from that perspective, God, I feel like I've just gone down the weirdest K-hole. Um, yeah, that's why on that side. And then the other side, um, my mum... Was adopted. So, whilst we know a great deal about my nan and granddad, um, her adopted parents, who, yeah, or my nan and granddad, um, my uncle, her brother, he did amazing, amazing work, um, like f- 
researching their family history and putting together the family tree and all the rest of it. Um, and they are my family a hundred percent. Like that's all I ever will think of them, but genetically um, obviously they're not in my, in my genes. And so, you know, in that and regard. So, and and is that, your mum's brother genetically her brother, or again, he was also adopted? He was also adopted. From a different. Yeah. So they're not um, biologically, um, they're not uh, genetic. Oh, biologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So from that perspective, like, all the work he's done is on our family, but they're, they're not, and it's amazing. Like it's really interesting to, to see it. Um, but they wouldn't be the people that would be showing up in my DNA when I look yeah, at yeah, yeah, totally. heritage. Um, and it's so well, weird. Because, that is like, fascinating because you have no genetic understanding of where you come from beyond yeah. really a your your mum and b your grandparents your paternal grandparents yeah that's it so that is as far back as I can do in my history that's so fascinating isn't it at the same time and this is gonna sound really awful probably um and maybe it's too deep so you can tell me if you think I'm getting into it but I don't know how much I care right. and I say that pardon Right, 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 right. Because I say it because, you know, I'm really, like, I'm really, really happy with my family. That sounds mental. I feel so lucky to have have my family. Like, they are just the most wonderful humans. And I could not have picked a better family if I, out of everyone I've ever met, there aren't people that I've met. There are people that I've met. I thought, wow, I wish, you know, I wish you were part of my family because you're awesome. But I never, ever ever look at any of my family and think god I wish you weren't part of it you know it's like I feel so privileged on both sides and I also feel like really strongly that it doesn't really matter about the biology and it the genetics so I'm interested to learn about perhaps where the really far distant relatives lived and like held from just because I think that gives you a just a sense of interest and also potentially I can get some like trips out of it I'd be like oh, I need to go to Iceland because you know it's part of my cultural heritage but yeah I don't feel like too strongly about it and that's yeah kind of I don't know that's kind of where I am probably a lot of that also comes from the fact that you know we have an IVF baby and we are two women and you know biologically he is has none of my biology in him but I just genuinely believe that by parenting him he's just going to absorb so much of my bakiness um you know but I think that's evident obviously also by what you've just described of your own family yeah yeah so I feel like that's it's probably a contributing factor if I'm honest but I am interested to kind of do the long look back and say, wow, wouldn't it be great to find out that, you know, you know, your people held from here. Um, that, that must, that might be quite interesting. And just, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's interesting. I think a mind for completely different reasons in that I, okay, technically I've not seen the results, but, you know, on the basis that I believe my parents to be my parents and I know their results, I already have an idea of what mine are going to say. Yes, it'll be interesting because it'll be interesting to see whether actually with with two parents that have quite strong percentages of their one nationality, does that mean that actually I will have a 50-50 split or how does it work? Mm -hmm. You know, do I actually get only 30% Lebanese and 70% Swiss or actually it's not even Swiss it's German it's 100% Germanic it's not Swiss but you know actually does does the percentage of the the DNA mix vary based on my two I don't know but you know so yes that would that would be interesting but fundamentally I think I know genetically where I come from and on my Swiss side I probably know less about the history beyond my grandparents' parents, um, they were 
on both sides of my Swiss grandparents, they were they were German. Actually, my grandparents were German as well. They weren't Swiss, but they lived in Switzerland. And my my mum was obviously born in Switzerland, therefore is Swiss. But actually, that whole side of the family technically is German, not Swiss. So and, I didn't know that. I, yeah, so they, yeah, yeah. Just, that's like for me, that's learning because I always like when anyone asks me about you, I'm like, oh yeah, she's really interesting. Like her mum's Swiss and her dad's Lebanese, and like she's just this like mix of just like greatness um but it's like so such a weird that, actually the swiss side genetically is german not swiss yeah. i don't know i don't know from a genetics standpoint actually whether swiss as a nationality comes up as a dna mix versus germanic anyway yeah. i don't I know don't how know. that works but anyway so that side of the, the the dna should come out pretty much 50 percent germanic if it's a 50 50 split and then on the Lebanese side again I think my dad had a really high unsurprising percentage of Arab or you know some such generic kind of pooling of people from the Middle Eastern region um and even that wasn't you know it wasn't really mixed with it might have been you know maybe they could pinpoint it that it was more Syrian or from the Levant region or something like that but I again I can't like was years ago I can't remember what the percentage I was. think it's a lot more I think it's a lot more detailed now so I think they'll actually tell you like in a country they'll tell you the region of the country so it's like really quite specific oh, wow yeah because my dad was talking definitely about regions of England counties oh, wow. of England. yeah yeah so I think it's a lot more oh, well, to that point I'd love to know if they can pinpoint the region of Lebanon then <laughs> yeah so yeah well, it'd be interesting to see on your dad's side what sort of I mean, you when when you talk about it, and you know, we were just talking about Christmas, and we talked a bit about it in our traditions episode. But you've got a lot of family in Lebanon, right? Yeah, but again, so really interestingly, on both of my grandparents' side, on my paternal grandparents' side, there were three brothers that married three sisters. Not the brothers and sisters weren't related. The sisters were related, and the brothers were related. Shut and up. So, yeah. So three brothers uh, married three sisters. And then there were, you know, some more sisters and brothers on, on both of the, the sides. So actually the, the Samaha family from our village are all that you might have a cousin who is your cousin because your mums are sisters, but also actually that same person is your cousin because your dads are brothers. So it's, it's mad. Um, that is but, so weird. Isn't it? Isn't it funny? Um, so it was really nice actually over Christmas because my uncle was telling us so many stories about our history and about actually that, you know, another random cousin of my dad was telling us about how our family and the Samaha family came to be in our village and why our village is called what our village is called. And actually they were escaping I mean, back in the day, that whole region was was greater Syria, actually. There wasn't Lebanon, there wasn't Syria, there wasn't, you know, it was greater Syria. So our ancestry from that region is is Syrian. Um, and so generations ago, actually, there were brothers that had escaped more mainland Syria to the, the mountains of Lebanon because they'd probably committed some kind of crime or done something in Syria and then went and lived in a monastery and actually then from the monastery created the village down below because they wanted their own land that wasn't part of the monastery. Anyway, the fascinating sort of history of our little village. Um, And so, yeah, you know, it would surprise me very much if the detail of that doesn't come up quite specifically to Lebanon or Syria again I don't know if it can it can do the the specific regions I don't know if there's enough detailed information about the specific regions of Lebanon they're pretty undetailed in their current governance of the country anyway I don't know if that translates to medical records but so from that perspective yes it will be interesting to see that it corroborates with what my parents got yes it will be interesting to see you know if they can pinpoint it and target it to a region but fundamentally I think because I I'm here living in England as a Brit and I've never felt particularly British and equally I don't feel Swiss and equally in Lebanon I'm not Lebanese and you know because I've never really felt like I'm from somewhere or I belong from somewhere or I can say you know wherever I am in the world oh yes I'm British I'm Swiss I'm Lebanese I'm whatever combination of that that I want 
for me, that genetic lineage doesn't really have any sense of value of or importance to me. And like I say, even on the Swiss side, fundamentally, actually, the lineage is German. It's not even Swiss. But I've got no connections to Germany whatsoever. I've probably only been to Germany once or twice. Um, so that kind of history doesn't, unless somebody can actually pinpoint that family tree and say, well, actually yeah. this person came from there, came from there, you know, and, and that's what was really fascinating about this all, you know, the story of my uncles and my ancestors and whatever in Lebanon to actually talk about brothers that had traveled over. And, you know, that kind of history is interesting, but because it's history and history is interesting, yeah. actually telling me that my DNA comes from this place unless it's vastly different to what I am expecting, in, this, in which case, holy fucking shit, and we'll deal with yeah. that as a separate thing. Um, you know, if it's actually telling me what I already know, that doesn't change my outlook on life. It doesn't change who I think I am or how I understand myself to be, because yeah. I'm already a child of the world. You know, I don't belong anywhere anyway. I belong, you know, like you say, your family is really important to you because of that nurture aspect and how they've they've created the person that you are my family means that to me but I've never had to be connected to them in a specific country or place yeah therefore yeah that sense of belonging doesn't exist that sense of belonging is what I create it what I make it to mean so do you admit like sorry it's just really interesting to hear you say that like you don't feel like you fit anywhere like do you does that make you sad or it doesn't bother you at all I think that's probably why I've always lived in so many different countries and why I've always mm. made friends from all over the world. Because actually, you know, a, I think a lot of non, non Brits in London tend to have non British friends because they find it hard to make that connection. Right. You know, Brits are kind yeah. of like, well, I've always grown up here. These are my friends. These are my friends from school. These are my friends from uni. I don't need to expand my friendship group. Whereas having, lived in other countries where I don't belong you know where I am the foreigner I've always kind of found it therefore interesting to make friends with people that in London have come from somewhere else because I've understood what it feels like to be that foreigner yeah and and that being said I think what actually was easier about living abroad than living in London is here in London you know I've got an English accent. Yes, for the most part, I did my schooling in my university here. Culturally, mm. I'm not British in any way. And I've got very different outlooks and very different approaches to life because of, you know, where my parents are from and, and how we were brought up. Cool for me to say, yes, I'm British because I don't feel it and I don't feel an affinity with British culture in the same way as I would do with Lebanese culture, for example. But for me, with my English accent to say, oh, by the way, I'm not British, I think a lot of people find quite jarring and they're like, well, that doesn't make sense because you've grown up here and you've got a British accent. Whereas yeah. actually when I have lived abroad or, you know, living in Spain, I can say, well, I'm British or I'm Swiss or I'm Lebanese or, you know, I'm from wherever that isn't Spanish. And people understand that as, oh, okay, you're a foreigner and this is how I then... Um, interact with foreigners you know positive or negative or whatever it is so actually being a foreigner in a foreign country has always been a lot easier than being a non-brit with a british accent in britain so i don't know i could i mean i'm probably just chatting absolute rubbish no not at all it's really... he's always like shut up obviously you are um so who says this my partner, he he likes to do it as a, a little sort of jabbing thing of, you are very British. We grew up in the same area of England. We've got the same ways of looking at things. And he's, you know, to some extent, very, very right. And he's also, you know, mixed heritage on both his father and mother's side that is is also not British. But, yeah, I think the way that you're, that nurture, nature nurture thing, the way that you're brought up or you're, you know, you think about things, I think has a m more of an impact on where you feel like you come from or belong. Yeah, it's so weird because I I think of you as being British. Like, I know you're not, obviously. Like, I know that's not your, your heritage. But I kind of guess 
I get where your partner's coming from because to me, I feel like I feel like we have we have quite similar ideas on things sometimes, and like we think about things in a similar way. But I think that's just because you're a reasonable, rational human being, and I consider myself to be the same. I don't think that's British or do you know what I mean? I don't think that's a a trait of our up. Well, it's a trait of our upbringing in the fact that we were brought up right. rather than a trait of our culture correct but in that sense actually as human I'm sorry not human obviously we're all humans but as rational thinking human beings you would find that with anyone that you interact with from any country yes if you I mean I think that's more about kind of like maybe we share values and that's that's why that's why sometimes it's just because actually I share values with a lot of people and they're not British do you know what I mean they're from all over wherever they're from but I can still there's still people that you find an affinity with, right? When you're abroad or you, you meet people from different countries and there are people that you think you're a dickhead. It's not because of their nationality. It's because of their, no, values exactly. because of their upbringing. So yeah, maybe that's bollocks what I was saying, but I probably do think of you as British. Like I remember we did a podcast once and you referred to yourself. I don't think it was Arab, but it was something like you said something like that. Um, and I was like, I remember at the time when we were recording thinking, what is she talking about? Well, so, you know, on actually on medical forms or on demographic forms or whatever, yeah. you know, I, I, my tick box is always either multiple ethnic groups yeah. or um, white other or, you know, depending, the options aren't always great. And the options yes. very rarely include any kind of acknowledgement of Arab anyway so that I don't have actually for 50% of me I don't have an option to tick yeah um I think this was your point I think this was yeah this was and I think it was to do with one of the testings that we did how was it yeah probably a food intolerance testing where we had to fill out one of these forms I remember this conversation now but exactly that you know and I had to fill out a form literally the other day and I think now Arab is starting to come up more and more as one of the demographic options but again it's Arab so you don't even have Arab mixed like you would have yeah. white mixed or, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I never know. what I'm basically I never take white British because genetically yeah. that's not what I am. And that is literally why I always take obviously white British. And it's like well, every time I tick it, I am I'm in that point of where I'm like, this is like full blown white privilege. Every time I tick the box, I'm like, yeah, there you go. Like it's. I don't know why it just feels really I, I I guess I sort of hate it and and that's almost terrible in itself right because people should be a lot of people should be like whatever it is they should be able to be proud of their heritage so I should be able to be like proud of my white British heritage like just like you should be able to be proud of your Lebanese German Swiss like <laughs> mashup that you've got going on like we this is you know, so it shouldn't be about like not feeling guilty about it, but it does. I don't know when I just, I just always find when I when I feel that boxing on forms, that I'm just like almost ashamed of it. You know, does that make sense? It's really weird, but yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's odd. It's really odd. So yeah, I'll stop. I'll stop thinking of you as British from now on. <laughs> we'll see what the I mean, results. But, of you. but no, because I guess you know the argument for it is yes, I was schooled here. Yes. You know, culturally, again, I have a lot of associations with having grown up here. There are things that, you know, a nice roast on a Sunday. Not that I ever make one because that wasn't what we did on a Sunday in our house. But, you know, occasionally I'd be like, oh, I quite fancy a roast this Sunday. You know, that kind what of stuff. Is but- your, what What is your, because you have to have a nationality right, on your passport. Yeah. So I have a British yeah. passport. So it, oh, that okay. So maybe this is the wrong question to ask. Then, if you've got a British passport, does your nationality on it say British? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having that British is, passport, that's your nationality. Yeah. So oh, I have I a see. British passport. My my place of birth on my British passport is in Switzerland. So technically, you have British citizenship. I have British nas- nationality. I don't know the difference between citizenship and nationality. Is that the same thing? I have no idea. You've got a British passport, basically, which I think entitles you to live in Britain, right? Yes, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a Swiss passport. So that entitles you to live. In, how lucky are you then? It's so you can use that. The EU cues, the, the non-EU cues that you have to do. 
There you go, you see. That's amazing. So actually, since all this has happened, I now travel with both of them because, I mean, if I'm traveling with a friend or, you know, my boyfriend from the UK, then I'm not going to be a dick and be like, well, you get in the British queue and I'm going to get in this really quick European queue. Like, I'll travel together on the British. But if I'm traveling on my own. If you ever huh? do that, like if you ever do that, I will literally be, I will disown you. It's like, I'll tell I have... you what it will depend on my need to go to the loo and how big a queue is. And sorry, yeah, but if, if yeah. the EU queues faster, I'm ditching you and going to the toilet. <laughs> but um, yeah, so if I'm traveling with someone, I'm not going to be a dick, but traveling on my own, I've got both. And when I went to Switzerland this summer, I left England on my British, landed in Switzerland in my Swiss left Switzerland on my Swiss and landed in England on my British. I don't think you're allowed to do that. I mean, I'll be really honest, I had this conversation with my brother about it because he was like... No, because you know they just check your... They only look at the passport. They don't do anything with it. In fact, it's an ID card in Switzerland, so they only, like, look at it. They don't, like, check that this British person with this passport number has arrived in the country. But I've got a feeling there is a rule that you have to enter... Or, no genuinely like and maybe I made this up but I'm pretty sure I had a conversation with my brother about it because he's got an American uh, passport and a British passport um, and I'm pretty sure that we had the conversation about the fact that it would be so cool for him because he could come in on one and go out on the other and we both pissed ourselves laughing because you're not allowed to do that so I'm pretty sure you have to pick and you can't pick and choose but I may be wrong but um yeah I mean good oh. for you you've just flaunted the system beautifully and I I say Hats off to you, because if I had a European passport right now, I would be using it every day of the week. I think my siblings do this too. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I only have one passport. No, but maybe you're not. I'm going to have to look this up. Please look it up, and then you can let us know, um, because I've got a feeling. I mean, I have a lot of feelings, but um, I've got a feeling that that is not, you're not supposed to do that. Um. Oh, am I going to be deported? Oh, wait, I'm going to Google it now. I'm really no worried one's, about No this. one's going to deport you from a country that you're allowed to live in. Oh, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. The general rule of thumb for dual, national, dual nationals going to one of their countries is to enter and exit on the country's passport. So a U.S. citizen must use their U.S. passport when entering and leaving the U.S., which makes sense. Sorry, I only read the first snippet and now I have to actually open the website. <laughs> going back to the example of the american and israeli passport holder flying to tel aviv use your israeli passport number when booking show your israeli passport at the gate leaving israel the airline needs to see the passport that allows you back into the u.s but the israeli authorities are still going to want to see your israeli passport my god you got to show both But basically, I think that what I'm doing does make sense according to this website, but this website isn't a legitimate government website. No, I think we should check perhaps with an embassy. And um, I will look on the British embassy uh, tomorrow. Um, oh, no, no, here, there's another example. Let's say you have a Greek passport and an American one. I love the fact these random examples they're using. Greek passport and American one. To Uncle Sam, you're American, but to the Greek authorities, whether bilingual or not, you enter Greece on the basis of your Greek passport. You are Greek. Yeah, but you so you're you you only do this passport trick when you're traveling to the country with the passport that you hold. So you can only do it when you go to Switzerland. You can't do it when you go to France or this is my point, right? There might be a difference. No, that's fine, because then what I did, so I went into Switzerland. I then went from Switzerland to Italy, but my flight itself I'd booked on my Swiss passport, so I had to use my Swiss to go from Switzerland to Italy. And then what did I use to book my Italy to England? Maybe I booked my British. I've got no idea, but, yeah, I'm jumping all over the ship with shop, whatever. Anyway, there we go. No Hmm. idea. Well, interesting. But we'll, we'll see. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's completely legit. It's probably just I'm creating these problems because I'm jealous because you've got multiple passports. And, yeah, maybe that's why I'm just, like, manifesting rage and envy. Um, interestingly, one thing I just wanted to mention uh, is a throwback to a, an earlier podcast. Um, but just before we wrap up uh, this <laughs> this half, um, 
Do you remember we had a conversation about manifesting things? Yes, yes. Have you been given your jury duty? No. <laughs> Look at the excitement in your face and voice. Like, dear God, no, nothing has come of it at all. But I genuinely and I wholeheartedly committed to it. Like on the daily, I would be like, I, I, I actually read about this you know you told me it had to be really visual and visceral and I had to see myself in the in the jury room like I really tried nothing happened I still so, have faith I said it could take four years you did say it could take four years it's fucking ridiculous honestly it's absolutely mental okay so back to the topic in hand so I'm gonna um I haven't actually done it uh, yet but I'm gonna order us these tests so there are quite a few companies that do this. There's a company called 23andMe. There's a company called Ancestry, and they are actually the ones that are linked, I believe, to the Mormondo video that I sent you. We are going to do the Ancestry and Trait service from 23andMe, and we'll see where we get to with it when it comes through. Hopefully, you know, it, it doesn't totally mess us both up. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was one really of my points earlier was what yeah. if these results come back and anything to do with your Spanish. Yeah, exactly. I mean, deep down, my family will laugh that I'll probably love that because I feel inherently Spanish anyway. The really weird thing is if I had to tell somebody like your if I think about it like honestly when I, if I do think of you, I just said I think of you as British, but actually I probably think of you more as Spanish than I do Swiss, German, or Lebanese, or British because I don't know. It's weird. You you sort of do. I think it was when you said that the um un elefante sueba Sierra, you know the stupid elefante um song. Rhyme. I've still got the voice recording of that. Why did um, I send you that? Because Ellie basically tried to say to my brother, she was like, oh, yeah, I learned Spanish at school. My brother speaks Spanish. Um, and I don't know to what level, but he speaks, I think, medium Spanish. So Ellie was like, yeah, yeah, I learned this song at school. And, and she goes, it's un elefante sue balanciera. And my brother said, I don't even think that's Spanish, Ellie. And she was like, oh, that's, I mean, she does it a bit better than that. But the last bit was yang, yang, yang. So she'd said to me, oh, no, no, there's this story about an elephant and he's, like, balancing on a cobweb and there's a spider and all this sort of bullshit. And then I mentioned it to you and you're like, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And then it was the un elefantes. And you were able to say it in actual Spanish and I sent it to Ellie and was like, this is what it should sound like. There is no yang, yang, yang at the end of it. Um, this is why. So it's just one of those memories that you have which you, I don't know, dismantle. Oh, there we are. I mean, so yeah, my family always joke, I think because of all the time I spent in Argentina and Spain and just absolutely loved everything about speaking Spanish all the time and having a happy life out there that deep down, I feel like in a previous life, I must have been Hispanic of some sort. So actually, if that came back that way, deep down, I'd be a little bit pleased, but also a bit perturbed because who the hell picked me up from what hospital? Yeah, exactly. What happened there? I feel like um, we've talked a long time about this. So I'm wondering if we should like do this one as a two-parter because I feel like yeah. there's quite a lot that we've gone into. So what I'll do is we'll, we'll publish this as part one and instead of having a, you know, on the other side, we'll have the second episode where I tell you what I'll do. I'll speak to my family as well. I'll try and actually find out what the fuck actually went on with my granddad and my dad and the rest of it. See if I can get some um some info from my aunts and my uncles. Um and I can update you on the actual the true version. And um, how quick are they with giving us our because if you've if you're ordering the test now, they'll arrive yeah. presumably in the next say week. How yeah. quick are they then? If we do the test that day and send it back in the post, how quick are they with their analysis? Well, I think normally fairly quickly. They were super speedy with your testosterone. No, your thyroid. <laughs> they were super speedy with that. Yeah, really quick. How long does it take them? I don't know. It doesn't actually say. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll get it. I'll order them today. And um, hopefully we'll, I think it's a sweet, uh, I think it's a cheek swab, which is delightful because it means that I have to, you know, we have to bleed for this one. We just have to like, I'm all the COVID tests will be well prepared for the, yeah, absolute pros. 
Awesome. Okay. Well, that's very exciting. It is exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing um, in more detail and see where we can get to with the uh, the, the heritage of you. And uh, let's see what what comes out because honestly, it's a complete and utter unknown on my side. So that I think is more exciting. The only excitement that will come out of mine. And like I say, I don't know if it's excitement or shock is if mine isn't what I think it is. Yours is exciting because it's unknown. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm sort of excited. Yeah, it's really weird. And actually, I promised I'll get my mum one of these tests as well. Oh, yeah, because it'd be really interesting for her to look at, you know, some of of some of this information. because She doesn't know a great deal about her biological family. So this is a way of you know, finding out that information. Um, I would say we won't spoil it for her by, but she doesn't listen to the podcast, so we haven't got to worry about that, have we? Um, she can, um, she probably will listen to this one because I did, I did a, I did tell her we were doing it and asked her if it was okay for me to talk about her. So um, she might listen to it, you never know. Might be a way of getting her, hooking her in. We'll see. I think I still swear too much for her, but okay. All right. Well, awesome source. Uh, good chat. I'm excited about this one a little bit. Not that I think it'll make any difference to either of us in the long term, but it'll be interesting to see. It's just nice. It to will know. be. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Definitely, definitely. And as yet another lockdown version, you know, a good thing for us to do. Yeah, exactly. Looking forward to getting back out into the real world though soon. I know. Hopefully we've got some exciting things lined up. Shall I tell you about a couple of them? Or you want to keep them on? No, they're all surprises. Okay, all right. You know about a couple of them. I meant Probably. generally more our like lovely listeners might care about some of them, but okay. We'll they shall have to listen and see. Okay, all right. Well, until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye.